Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. We have some breaking news out of the gate. The Walt Disney Company has filed a federal lawsuit this morning in Florida against Governor Ron DeSantis. They claim that uh, he has waged a relentless campaign to weaponize government power against the company, uh, that it was orchestrated at every step by DeSantis uh, to disrupt the company's business. Clearly, also Florida's largest employer, clearly designed to throw DeSantis off his game. uh, And given that it clearly has been uh, DeSantis trying to make an example of, of Disney, Uh, They do have a case, but I'm not sure how far it will go because DeSantis has been able to get the legislature to change the laws. Uh, DeSantis himself could not do very much of what he did without the legislature. You are essentially suing uh, the governor personally for actions of the state of Florida. The governor gets to be the executive. Um, DeSantis obviously has 30 days to respond to the suit. We haven't heard yet. His response uh, as this story continues to develop will bring you the latest. But if you're just tuning in, literally happened in the last five minutes, uh, the news broke that the Walt Disney Company has filed a lawsuit against Ron DeSantis personally, alleging he is, in their words, quote, uh, waging a relentless campaign to weaponize government power against Disney, uh, claiming that uh, every... Uh, every issue along the way the the Florida legislature has thrown at Disney was orchestrated at every step by DeSantis and is threatening the company's business. Well, uh, you know what? Don't have a lot of sympathy for Disney in this. I really don't. As as a conservative, I have concerns about government weaponizing itself against the private sector. But... Also, Disney has sought to use its leverage through lobbyists and being a major employer in Florida, the largest employer in Florida, to steer the legislature in a course that benefits Disney financially. So Disney has used its leverage to buy off legislators to, well, I shouldn't say buy off legislators, but you know what I mean, the major campaign donations, lobbyists and the like. Uh, to shape Florida politics, and the governor has turned the tables on them in a way they're not used to, and what's good for the goose has got to be good for the gander. I'm I'm concerned about the government going after a private business, but Disney hasn't just voiced its opinion on matters and said this is our policy preference. Disney has actually tried to use its leverage to shape public policy in Florida beyond just free speech issues. They've actually hired lobbyists and made major donations and Uh, made threats behind the scenes to the legislature about Disney's business in Florida. And, well, uh, they finally found someone to fight back. And they're not happy about it. We'll keep you updated as the story breaks. This is breaking news happening right now across the nation. Now, i got to talk about the other big news. Over the last several weeks, uh, media outlets led by ProPublica, a left-wing news nonprofit, have engaged in a series of attacks on Clarence Thomas. CNN has run stories, the New York Times has run stories, the Washington Post has run stories, 
all led by ProPublica. And then in the last 48 hours, they shifted to Neil Gorsuch. Out of the gate, uh, it is very obvious this is a coordinated story. You, you don't have that widespread uh, variation on angles of a story without a level of coordination in the media against Clarence Thomas. They have alleged that uh, his friendship with Harlan Crow was corrupting. He had to disclose it, which he didn't. Uh, they alleged that Harlan Crow was uh, owner of property and not charging rent or some such. They got basics of that story wrong. Uh, just 48 hours ago, they claimed that um, Clarence Thomas did not recuse himself from a case that involved Harlan Crow. This was a major media story covered by CNN, The Washington Post, ProPublica, Politico, and the like, and they got the very basic facts wrong. The company involved was not Harlan Crow's company when the case was before the Supreme Court. Harlan Crow had no involvement in it. Clarence Thomas did not recuse himself. The media painted it as a major conflict of interest, and they got the very basic facts wrong. The reason they're doing it is revenge. Clarence Thomas, now Neil Gorsuch, we're waiting for the attacks on Sam Alito and Amy Coney Barrett. It's, it's not a coincidence. They're going after the conservative justices because of Roe v. Wade. This is payback. They do not care at this point, the left, about burning down the court. They cannot get from the court what they wish. Therefore, they have decided to destroy the court. In the last 24 hours, they went after Neil Gorsuch. Neil Gorsuch, old, uh, by the way, one, one of the other issues about uh, Clarence Thomas that they got wrong is they claimed he failed to disclose an interest in an LLC, a limited liability company, it was actually a limited liability partnership that Thomas was involved in, which he disclosed, but they were looking for an LLC in the media, not an LLP. And so the media got that wrong and didn't correct. There have been no major corrections about the factual errors over Clarence Thomas. You have not even seen the little blurbs on the back page in the bottom square of the newspaper. They, they haven't come on CNN and said, we're very sorry. We got this basic fact wrong. They have not done that. And now they've come for Neil Gorsuch, claiming that Neil Gorsuch failed to disclose the sale of some property in Colorado. Neil Gorsuch's property was tied up in an LLC, a limited liability company. I, for example, uh, run my radio company as an LLC. They're, they're uh, less complex than corporations. You don't deal in stock. You have members, member managers, things like that. I used to do this for a living when I was a lawyer, setting up a lot of small businesses or run as LLCs. So Gorsuch's business uh, property was tied up in an LLC. The company sold the, L sold the property. Gorsuch is accused of not having disclosed the sale of the property to a very prominent lawyer in charge of one of the nation's very large law firms. The problem is that Neil Gorsuch did not own the property. The LLC owned the property. When the LLC was wound down, Gorsuch disclosed the wind down of the LLC and the distribution of the money from the LLC as is proper. In fact, had Neil Gorsuch claimed to have divested property, 
to the head of Greenberg Trog, the law firm, uh, that would have actually been a, a a false statement because he didn't do that. He owned an LLC that owned property. He himself did not own the property directly. And yet Politico, the newspaper pushing the hit job on Neil Gorsuch, failed at the very basics. Uh, a friend of mine who is a very good lawyer actually put up a, a thread on Twitter. Let me read you some of this so you get the sense of it. Justice Gorsuch's fiscal year 2017 disclosure can be found at this link courtesy of an activist group that's clearly totally free of access to grind. It's a left-wing outfit called Fix the Court. On page one, Gorsuch identifies himself as the member of Walden Group LLC. He identifies that the LLC holds, quote, mountain property. He rather explicitly identifies what the entity is and does on the very first page, but Politico's report and its preferred mouthpieces suggest he's hiding exactly what he disclosed on the very front page of his financial disclosure. Walden Group LLC is a limited liability company. For most people, they just see a few letters after a company name and don't think much about it, but it's kind of important. Most of the big company names with which we're familiar are corporations or have Inc., INC afterwards, meaning incorporated. A corporation is a business organization that issues stock to its shareholders. A limited liability company is a business organization composed of members with membership interests. These things don't really matter much at the taxation or day-to-day corporate level except in scale. LLCs tend to be smaller than corporations. When I advise clients on forming a business, my basic advice is to create an LLC if they're going to have eight business partners or fewer. If they're going to use the company for a single discrete thing, like owning a piece of property, use an LLC. I was a lawyer. I did the same. If they're going to take on investors or run a very complicated business, do a corporation. So on page 7, line 56 of Gorsuch's disclosures, Gorsuch discloses that his interest in the Walden Group was sold at the end of 2017. He does not list the counterparty. Gorsuch did not own the property that was sold. An LLC of which he was one of several members owned and sold it. The clues here are such subtle things as the disclosure that Walden Group owned Mountain property, and he disclosed selling Walden Group and not property, and the sale closed December 31st, 2017. Swing back to the LLC stuff. When a special purpose entity like Walden Group sells its sole asset, it usually holds the proceeds long enough to pay any debts, do an accounting, prepare distributions, and then essentially commit suicide. It goes under. For accounting convenience, the management of the LLC reports the termination of the LLC to December 31st, 2017. It saves tax and membership distribution calculations. The report says Gorsuch sold Walden Group. That is the asset identified because... That is the asset that he owned. He didn't own the property that was sold. He owned the LLC. And there was no counterparty to disclose. Had Gorsuch listed Greenberg Traurig CEO or managing partner or whatever, he would have been lying under oath. So swing back to the political piece. Skip past the piece where the LLC is described as the name that he and his two co-owners gave themselves, which is stupid or mendacious to say that. This is the key paragraph. Kendrick Payne, 
director of ethics at the nonpartisan campaign legal center, said he believes investments in LLCs require more detail than the justice included in his financial disclosure. The transaction appears to also require naming the buyer. The public has a right to know that justices will fully comply with disclosures. An LLC is required to give more details? No, it's that the hack, the left-wing activist, believes it to be true. This isn't true at all. The left has gone to war with the United States Supreme Court because the United States Supreme Court for decades gave them what they wanted and now does not. And so this is another entity of government that the left must burn down because it no longer serves their purposes. They have tried to discredit the Senate over time because they say the Senate is anti-democratic and and so few people in so few states get to block what the majority want. They've tried to discredit the Senate. They have tried to discredit state legislatures. They're now trying to burn down the United States Supreme Court as payback over Roe v. Wade. They cannot transactionally get what they want, and so they're doing this. I guarantee you, you dig pretty far in in the uh, left-wing justices, you'll find the same thing. In fact, the latest justice uh, that Biden appointed, uh, Justice Jackson, didn't disclose some of her husband's business interests that she was supposed to disclose. Did any major press outlet cover that? No, no, no. It was only the right. And this is the problem here. They don't cover the things that the left does. They cover the things that the right does. They give extraordinary scrutiny to the right. And they've made the basic facts wrong. If Fox News did this to Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Elena Kagan or Sotomayor or Ketanji Jackson-Brown, if they did it to any of them, CNN would be defending the justices. Politico would be defending the justices. ProPublica would be defending the justices. Instead, it's these media outlets that are attacking these conservative justices. And what is so notable about it is they got the basic facts wrong, and they do not even care that they got the basic facts wrong. We get all of this hand-wringing from the press about how right-wing news sends out misinformation and disinformation and gets the facts wrong. Here is a major news story on the front page of major publications where the very basic facts are wrong and they've doubled down in defense of getting the facts wrong and then want to lecture us on misinformation. These people are hacks hijacked by their hatred of the right. We do not have a free press in this country. They are hijacked by their hatred of the right. Right now, as I am live on radio, The United States Supreme Court is hearing a really big case that should actually unite the left, the right, and the center. The case involves Geraldine Tyler from Minneapolis, Minnesota. She fell behind on her property taxes by $2,300. She had a condo. When the government uh, could not get her to pay her taxes, As governments do, they seized her condo to sell it. The condo was valued at $93,000. The government sold the condo for $40,000, which meant the government uh, made $25,000. She owed them $2,300. They sold her condo for $40,000. So there was $25,000 in equity in the condo. 
even when you tack on all the fees and penalties and the costs of sale, there was still a lot of money in equity. And instead of giving Geraldine Tyler her equity back, the the state kept the equity. Uh, This is galvanizing conservatives and liberals alike before the Supreme Court. It's called equity theft. Uh, If you owe taxes to the government and the government sells your property, get the taxes back, the government should not be allowed to keep all of the money uh, once they've got their taxes, fees, and penalties. They should have to give you the rest. And in 11 states, they don't do that. It should not happen, and yet it does. Uh, And we should all be paying attention to this case and to what happened to Geraldine Tyler. It's just unfortunate. Now, I got to tell you about Sensibles, speaking of money. Uh, what a great group. If you haven't heard of Sensibles, it's a team of animated superheroes. They help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, countries around the world, including China, begin teaching kids financial management skills at an early age. We don't do that in this country. My kids are fortunate. They go through a, a school that actually will put them through the, the Financial Peace University their senior year at school. But even then, it, they're seniors by then. Uh, the Sensibles help your kids age 6 to 12 begin to learn them. BeSensibleSmart.com is the website. It was created to channel multimedia resources to kids everywhere. You can buy a subscription for your loved one each month. They'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, activities, digital subscriptions are available. They'll get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities. If you want 20% off the monthly subscription, you go to BeSensibleSmart.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. It's SENT, C-E-N-T. Sensible thing to do, like dollars and cents. You subscribe today at BeSensibleSmart.com, BeSensibleSmart.com. Use Eric as your promo code for 20% off. Hi there, welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Glad to have you with me. I want to do a larger run on this media bias story, and I realize you know the media is biased. Um, The biases have in the past... And I I think it's really important you understand this. The biases from the media in the past have mostly been the biases of what they do and do not cover. What they say or do not say. So in the past, if there was a story that made, for example, a left-wing politician look bad, it would be memory hold. And that still happens, it's still a thing, but it goes beyond that now to the way the basics of stories are told. So here's a great example. The New York Times is doing a story today about the Bud Light fracas. Just let me read you the tweet that summarizes the story. Bud Light's marketing effort with a transgender influencer was an attempt to reach consumers in largely liberal urban areas. But the resulting right-wing outrage has provided a lesson in the newly unsettled politics of corporate America. What the story does not cover, what the story does not say, is how the marketing executive at Bud Light on video, explicitly stated 
that uh, it was too fratty, too redneck. There were, there were essentially too many of the wrong kinds of people drinking Bud Light, and she wanted to change that. It, it, they, they have left this out of the story. The story at the New York Times is that they were trying to uh, do outreach to progressive communities, and it was the right-wing bigots who caused the problem. When she was named Anheuser-Busch's marketing vice president, Alyssa Heinersheed explained that, quote, I have a super clear mandate. We need to evolve and elevate, elevate this incredibly iconic brand. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive. Notice they left out all the other things she said in the interview. But the limits of the mandate and how Anheuser-Busch defined inclusive became apparent in recent days when the company announced that Ms. Heinerscheid and her boss, Daniel Blake, were on a leave of absence after a wave of right-wing outrage over the Bud Light marketing campaign. The backlash and subsequent scrambling provide a lesson in the newly unsettled politics of corporate America. In the past decade, major companies have leaned into liberal social politics that are increasingly anathema to their long-standing allies in the Republican Party. Bud Light's trials this month have underscored the difficulty of straddling the divide. She, the executive completely and totally belittled Bud Light's existing market group. She smeared them. The New York Times does not care to report that. Instead, they try to make this about how the right wing has become so unhinged that what might corporations have to do in the future? On June 1st, every corporation in America is going to go gay. Every corporation in America is going to change their icons on social media to the rainbow flag. And for a month, they will spend their time talking about how gay-friendly they are. There will be no conservative boycotts of these companies. Because conservatives have gotten used to it, recognize it's a large class of people with which to do business. What the New York Times does not care to report, in addition to uh, all of the comments and context of the Bud Light vice president is that they decided to do this uh, celebration of the trans community the same week a transgender activist murdered six people in Nashville. They left that out as well, left all the timing out on that. But it's not just Bud Light. And by the way, uh, unless Bud Light announces that these two individuals are fired, uh, their lesson they're going to learn is that it'll all blow over and they can keep doing this stuff. But it goes beyond that. Uh, look at the gas stove situation. The New York Times, again, and Bloomberg News did stories about how the Biden administration intended to ban gas stoves in America. When the right responded and Republican members of Congress and even some Democratic members of Congress responded that this is nuts, you should not do this, this is bad, 
Suddenly it was the right has dragged the gas stove into the culture war. We did not drag a gas stove into the culture war. They literally said they were going to ban them, and we responded. But again, the framing from the media is that it was Republican culture warriors. Now we'll make the gas stove polarizing. We did not do that. But the mainstream media, again, New York Times, CNN, The Washington Post, Bloomberg News, said, we're the culture warriors on this. None of us were even talking about gas stoves. We were busy focused on DeSantis versus Trump, and, and suddenly the Biden administration announced they're going to ban the gas stove. And we responded, and suddenly, oh, my gosh, they've dragged the stove into the culture war. We did not. But they don't care. Did you know that Idaho has made it a, a felony to go across state lines to get an abortion. That's what I heard on TV. That was the news. New York Times ran that story. CNN, MSNBC, they all covered that story. Did you know it's not true? Did you know it's not true? The law that Indiana, Idaho, not Indiana, the, the law that Idaho passed that makes it a felony to go across state lines to get an abortion is actually about taking a minor across state lines without the permission or knowledge of the parent or guardian. So you, a rapist, get a 13-year-old pregnant, smuggle her across state lines for an abortion, that's a felony in addition to the rape. You, the parent, take your child across state lines for an abortion, you have broken no law in Idaho. You wouldn't know that from the reporting on the issue. The media did not care to get that right. Or, you know, there's a big story now in Montana, a transgender legislator. Montana, this is the, the Associated Press tweet, Montana Republican leaders will vote on censuring or expelling uh, Zoe Zephyr, a transgender state lawmaker who has been silenced in the House for comments against a bill to ban gender-affirming medical care for children. Notice, as an aside, how quickly all of the major media outlets have begun to use the phrase gender-affirming care for children, which is actually castrations, chemical or otherwise. A young man died last week in a surgery where doctors attempted to use his colon to create a vagina. Did you hear that story in the national media? I bet you didn't. Conservative sites covered the story, but the national media undoubtedly would not cover a story because it sounds a little crazy to use someone's colon to create uh, the, the, the uh, female sex organ National media didn't want to cover that story. Why? Why? But they wanted to cover this story. And you know what they're they're doing? They're painting this story as Montana Republicans are punishing someone for being transgender, and that's not it at all. This particular guy in the state legislature referred to Republicans as having blood on their hands by passing legislation that would prohibit parents from surgically altering the bodies of their minor children in the name of transgenderism. That's what it was. This guy accused the Republicans essentially of murder. 
They didn't take kindly to being accused of having blood on their hands, and they responded. And the media, the entirety of the major national press corps, did not want to add the context to the story. So you got the truth. It's like what happened in Tennessee. In Tennessee, you know, they, they banned the member, the, the black, not, not the white lady, but the two black dudes. They banned them, expelled them from the house for protesting gun violence, which is not exactly what happened. If you recall, they stood in the well of the House of Representatives with a bullhorn, joining the chants of the protesters, refused to yield the floor, refused to leave. The sergeant at arms asked them to leave. They refused to leave. And so they had to be hauled away by the police. The white woman apologized. The two black men didn't. They were expelled. She wasn't because she apologized. And then she and they all said, well, they didn't expel the white woman. They're clearly racist. That's not true. And they knew enough to know the national media would not care about the truth when they could vilify the Republicans. The entirety of the national press and, frankly, Friends of mine who are ideologically disposed to be Republicans but triggered on the gun issue, they're like, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe these people took over the well of the house with a megaphone, joined the chanters who were storming the building, and refused to leave when the sergeant-at-arms of the House of Representatives of Tennessee demanded they leave. They refused to leave. They were forced to be dragged off by the police. Of course they were going to be punished. We can squabble over whether or not they should have been expelled as opposed to censured, but they were going to be punished. Not a single national media outlet cared to put it into the context of they stood in the well with a bullhorn, refused to leave when ordered to leave, and joined in the chants of the protesters trying to storm the room, emboldening the protesters who were literally trying to do an insurrection. What they did in Washington, apparently you do it in Tennessee's legislature, it's fine. You can't do the same thing in Washington or covering for Dr. Fauci. All the major media outlets, he's doing his, his, his tours now that he's out, and they're giving him a pass on shutting down schools. They're letting him take a pass on the lab leak theory that he worked so hard to silence and censor, even though we now know there's a growing body of evidence that's what happened. They're, they're trying to make amends with Dr. Fauci. They don't want to tell the whole story there or the Biden push on electric cars, or how many national media outlets have covered the Biden administration punishing people with good credit to subsidize the mortgages of people with bad credit. You haven't really heard that as a national story. It's only appeared in the conservative press. Doesn't mean it's not true. It's a very true story. The national press has refused to cover it. A free people need a free press. The American press corps is not free. The American press corps is not free. They have been overcome with their hatred of the other. They have been locked inside the bubble of the left. They are unwilling to be fair at this point. They view the right as an enemy. They view the right as a threat to democracy when people on the left themselves are as authoritarian or more so than people on the right. They can't bring themselves to be fair. They can't bring themselves to be honest. They can't bring themselves to be free. And if they wish to know why so many of us refuse these days to respect them and don't believe them, all they got to do is look in the mirror. They don't want to do that. They lack the humility 
to fix the problem. And when they scream and bellyache about private equity buying them and putting them out of business, they have only themselves to blame. Not you, not me. They have themselves to blame. And they will not understand that until they are on the unemployment line. And they'll deserve to be there because of what they themselves have chosen to do. Yes, you should. You should all, You can also call in 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. Uh, very happy to have you. So let's talk about Joe Biden for a moment. We've, we've put him off while we've gone after the media. There is a whole lot of speculation about how he runs his second presidential campaign. And it seems pretty clear right now that the way the Democrats intend to do this is another basement campaign. He'll be back in his mom's basement and they'll say, well, he's out fighting for the American people and he won't actually do campaign events. If he does do campaign events, they'll time them for the appropriate time of day, give him his shot of B12, get him out on stage, and then put him back in the basement. What limited events? If you have someone other than Trump on the right who is younger and has more energy than an 80-year-old, you're going to have problems on the Democratic side. They're starting to get very confident on the Democratic side. The polling on the right looks very favorable to Donald Trump. More and more, even Republican pollsters are starting to say, guys, we have a problem uh, he's not making inroads with women and independence. Trump can't get elected in 2024 with just his base. Uh, women are the worst polling group imaginable for Donald Trump right now, and independent men are no better. So Biden is thinking he can do a basement strategy. What's really remarkable here is if the GOP plays its cards right, if the Republicans are somehow able to move on from Trump, the entirety of the Democratic playbook is designed to work against Donald Trump. You can't do the Donald Trump playbook against Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or Ron DeSantis because they are not Trump. Donald Trump has his first ad out. It's attacking Ron DeSantis for criticizing Donald Trump. That's it, for being disloyal. That That's his attack ad. Uh, against DeSantis. It, it's notable how scared Trump is about the potential of Ron DeSantis getting in. There are rumors he's trying to scuttle his ability to be governor and run for president at the same time. We'll get into that. But uh, what's remarkable here is that the entire Democratic playbook for running for president in 2024 is premised on the idea that the Republicans will not be able to resist the siren call of Donald Trump. What happens if they do? It blows up the entire Democratic strategy. Completely blows up the strategy. They want Joe Biden to stay at home, not have to be on the campaign trail, and just say, look at Trump. That's not going to work well for them if Donald Trump's not the GOP nominee. It throws their own side for a loop, and Joe Biden goes from having an easy walk in the park, stay in his basement run, to actually having to work for it, which at his age is going to be a very difficult thing for him to do. Now, 
I got something that should be easy for all of you to do, and that is go to Omaha Steaks right now and get the Omaha Steak uh, Burger Perfection Flight because what they have is they've got uh, the pure ground beef. It is dry aged, or no, not dry, it's just aged steaks. So you got the filet, you got the ribeye, you got the brisket, you got the New York strip. They turn them into burgers, and you get four of each. And you can have your friends over, grill them, taste test, see which ones you like the best. Uh, they're aged beef. They're ground. They're beefy. They're fantastic. They even br- they even send you the buns. You don't even have to go to the grocery store for anything. It all comes in the package. If you go to OmahaSteaks.com today, you order this, put in Eric for $20 off at, at checkout. Your promo code is Eric. You get free shipping. It's an unbelievable deal. Minimum order reply, uh, required. You get these burgers. You can also add steaks. You can get desserts with it. Uh, the Burger Perfection Flight comes with the buns, brioche buns. So you, you get great buns. You get great beefy flavor. You get so much for such a great value at Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com today. Put Eric in at checkout. Get 20 extra dollars off. You get free shipping. Have your friends over sample the burgers. 